Welcome to the Pro Photographer Journey Podcast, your resource for building the photography business of your dreams. This is Shamira Young, bringing you tips, business strategies, and interviews with award-winning photographers. We're all in this together. Let's get to the good stuff. Hey, everybody. I'm here with Andrew Jordan. Andrew was inspired to start Big Picture CPA, which is specifically focused on the tax and accounting needs of photographers. He decided to start the business when he realized his family photographer had paid way too much in taxes. This was because the photographer's accountant didn't understand the specific rules that applied to the photography profession. Andrew, it is such a treat to have you here today. How are you? Hey, I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, this is, we were talking in the pre-interview chat, and I think this is the first time I've had a CPA on the show. I have to go back and check, 200 plus episodes, but you are definitely one of the most unique guests that we've had on the show because you, on your website, you describe yourself as, or maybe this was the email that you sent me, but... You describe yourself as one of those number nerds that has the ability to translate numbers into creative terms. How cool is that? Yeah, it's being a weirdo, you find out like in high school, it's a bad thing. But as an adult, it's actually pretty handy, you know? Right, exactly. And one reason I'm so excited is because so many uh, so many photographers, and this is so true for myself, we're creative. I like to mm-hmm. say we're kind of like... Uh, head in the clouds, unicorns and rainbows. (laughs) We start our businesses. Usually it starts with, we pick up a camera, a family or friend says, oh, you're pretty good. Can you shoot my wedding or my baby or my family? Do some portraits. And then people start telling you, you should start a business. And we're like, yeah, we should. And we think that when we start the business, all we're gonna be doing is taking photos and making great photos. And it's amazing. But what I found is that it's actually like 80-20. So yeah. 20% of the time I'm creating photos and 80% of the time it's this other business stuff, which includes numbers. And a lot of us find, we find that scary. So I am so appreciative <laughs> of you being on the show with us today. Absolutely. And one of the messages, anytime we go to a conference or we're on a podcast that I, I want to try and get out to photographers is everyone finds accounting kind of intimidating and like there's a local university that has business classes for doctors and no one would argue that doctors aren't smart people but they don't know a thing about this business just like you don't when you start into it and they're running a business as a doctor just like you are as a photographer Mm -hmm. and there's a learning curve with this the other thing i like to say is people think that accounting is math and it's much less math and it's much more like a language Hmm. and if you think about accounting it's called the language of business and that's not just like an expression it really is like a language and you wouldn't think that you're dumb or you know unable to cope or run your business well because you don't speak french without having ever tried to learn it so there's a similar thing here where people I tend to introduce myself to photographers and they'll often start apologizing to me. Oh man, my books are in such a bad shape, you know, and like it's something that isn't really, really common. We we work with all sorts of businesses and our other brand and this is just, this is everyone. You know, it's not just because you're creative and I feel like um, people and probably a lot of accountants have sort of beat creatives up over the years for not being good at this stuff and no one is just naturally. Right, right. Well, I really appreciate you pointing that out and starting us off with that because I think a lot of us creatives have this, you're right, this automatic guilt in regards Mm -hmm. to our numbers or the lack of us actually staying on top of our numbers. And, you know, it's, I think it's so cool that you specifically work with photographers. And by the way, a photographer, when we know our numbers, that affects the rest of how we do business, including our pricing. It carries over into every aspect and branch of how we run our businesses. So dear listeners, listen through this podcast all the way through. This episode is so very important. It will change the way you do business and ultimately help you run the business of your dreams, a profitable business where you don't have to have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every night or mac and cheese every night because you can't afford anything or you can't afford to pay your bills you know I've been there (laughs) I've made every mistake in the book and so you know with that Andrew could you give us just a brief overview of yourself your background and how you ended up doing what you're doing today yeah absolutely so I am 
truly an accounting nerd. I have a master's in accounting, undergraduate. I've taught at the college level, and I have a CPA. So absolutely that is true. But even in high school, it, when I looked back, the friends I hung out with were all creatives. You know, one's a musician now, and one uh, owns a coffee shop, and my wife is a creative, and my college roommate, who was roommates all the way through with me, was a fine art major. And I've always loved creatives and, and just love the community and, and get along with them so well. And it's one of the things that then I have this kind of different perspective that I get the accounting and I, I love accounting, but I also love the creatives and the creative world. Also growing up, my whole house, um, my, my family's house was decorated with photos of us. And I will tell you what an amazing thing to do for a kid to say that they are your treasure. They are the thing that you want to hang up on your wall. It was really, really cool. And I am the worst photographer. And and again, whenever I say that, people are like, oh, yeah, well, I can show you a few things. Like, no, like I am just really bad at it. I don't have any natural gift as a photographer. And so I just like I'm looking right now at a, a photo, an 8 by 10 on my desk that uh, Josh Carter from Life Captured took. And I could I could never take that. And I treasure that so much. And so I love working with photographers because – I think if I can free you guys up to do what you do so well that I could never do, like that is, it's absolutely a labor of love for us. So we have our main brand, which is Jordan CPA Services, and that's like fractional chief financial officer services to business. It's great. It's doing really well. But we started this as an offshoot just because it's it's something that we're really passionate about. And my team, so Emma on my team, she's a creative absolutely herself who's also like me. She gets numbers. And Peter on my team is married to someone who's a, prof a semi-professional artist. And so like we get the creatives and we love having this outlet to help the community. So that's kind of how we got started. So cool. And as you're talking, you seem really approachable, really down to earth. <laughs> I, I, I can't speak for everyone, but I don't always... I don't usually assume that a person who deals with numbers is 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 that friendly that sounds really bad i mean you know it's... no you're, you're not wrong i work with a lot of accountants and you're not wrong it's you know if you think back to and, and i don't want to like psychoanalyze this too much but i often say that photographers and accountants didn't sit at the same table in high school <laughs> and there's a lot of resentment within the accounting community a lot of like under the under the covers kind of resentment that these these creatives get to be the butterflies and get to flit around and do all this amazing stuff and go to Starbucks all the time on their Apple computers and take beautiful photos. And we have to be here doing the real work. And it's absolutely untrue. But I think there is for a lot of accountants kind of some, some tension there that goes back a long ways. I don't know how we fix that, but maybe we can take a step. Well, it sounds like we're taking an important step today. That's for sure. <laughs> One thing I say too, is whenever we go to conferences, Whenever there's a business class, it usually is on something that's like pricing or marketing and those kind of things, which are really, really important. Mm -hmm. But we didn't find anyone who was talking to people about bookkeeping and taxes and those kind of things. And, and those are important, too. So good to get those covered. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's let's dive into some tax and accounting <laughs> basics. Now, what's funny is in our pre-interview chat, I was telling you that a lot of the questions that I'm asking are genuine questions that I have myself. I consider sure. myself decent with keeping up with the numbers in my business, but I have some definite room for improvement. So a lot of what we talk about today are a lot of my own questions. <laughs> Perfect. So let's dive into some basics. Um, where specifically, let's start really basic. Where does accounting and bookkeeping, where should it fit into a photographer's overall business? I would say this, that it is a piece of your business. It is not by any means the most crucial piece of your business. And it tends to be what I remember is experts always kind of advocate for like, I remember my history teacher, the first lecture in, in college was like why history is actually the most important um, you know, profession or whatever. And, and bookkeeping should not be the most important thing you do, mm -hmm. but, and we can talk through some of these. There's some really practical, easy things you can do that will take a lot of the load off. Mm -hmm. And I kind of think of it as like a cost benefit, right? So like, what is the cost of keeping the records really, really, really in detail versus maybe having less detail, but if it saves you a bunch of time and it's good enough for the IRS, maybe that's good enough. And, and what I'm getting at here is Sometimes when people say, look, I'm going to buckle down, 
I'm going to do this accounting thing. You end up with all these different categories like, okay, I'm going to keep track of the candy bars that I give customers in their own little count separate from like the toilet paper from my studio. Like it gets crazy, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the thing to keep in mind is if you're doing this for yourself is, okay, am I going to make a different decision because of this? Like, am I going to buy less toilet paper if I track it separately? And that sounds like an extreme example, but like it happens. And if the answer is no, then maybe you just have a more general account. And this is what we do when we do the books for photographers. We, we kind of have, hey, look, software and office supplies. And you can probably smush those together in one account that you can look into the details of really easily. But you, you're looking for an overall picture if you're looking for your books. At the most basic level, you have to keep your books so you can get your tax return done, right? That's the requirement. Mm -hmm. And the better you keep your books, again, I'm not talking about splitting hairs. That's not better bookkeeping. I mean completeness and thoroughness and, and accurate accurateness of it. The more you do that, the less you pay on your taxes. And so you're saying, well, what's the most basic level? To me, for photographers, that's it. How do you keep your books well enough that you don't miss out on deductions on your tax return? Okay, so let's make sure we're all on the same page here as far as the terms that we're using. So bookkeeping, bookkeeping Absolutely. versus accounting. Can you give us definitions? Um, yeah. Of those two. So from uh, in the accounting world, how we use those terms is bookkeeping is meaning like recording all your transactions mm -hmm. and anymore. Hopefully you're doing that electronically. Hopefully you're doing that kind of automatically almost like mm -hmm. from a download from a bank or a credit card, that kind of thing. That's the bookkeeping part of it. Accounting is a higher level thing. And accounting is where you're looking at and saying, does this look right? Does this look appropriate? More making strategic decisions, some of that kind of stuff. And so bookkeeping and accounting do have different definitions. Kind of confusingly, a lot of people use them interchangeably. <laughs> you know, so. But that's <laughs> not sure a bad I thing. That's well. okay. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, we're not offended. Oh, okay. So, so then we're on the same page as far as book. So photographers should be tracking we should be tracking our transactions on a daily basis a monthly basis a quarterly basis is one it, better it, than another yeah and, and there's a balance here i would say generally daily like if you're in your books daily as a photographer unless you have a more substantial business where you maybe have shooters under you and that kind of thing mm -hmm. daily is probably more than you need but quarterly is bad too because or i shouldn't say bad less than ideal because if if something happened three months ago it's really hard for you to really remember what was that that i did mm -hmm. so bookkeeping generally follows kind of a monthly cadence so like every month you kind of get that month's books done you can look at it and see hey how did i do this last month that kind of thing and and remembering back a month or so ago isn't too bad if you're talking about actually posting the transactions again that's sorry accounting terms but mm -hmm. recording those transactions whether it be in a spreadsheet or quickbooks or something like that probably every week or two would be nice and then monthly go in and kind of look at things monthly is a really good rhythm for looking over your books and making sure they look right very nice very nice okay and you know i'm thinking back to when i first started my photography business oh like a over a decade ago at this point or about nice. About it, well, close to it, yeah. You know, I, I remember trying to figure out my pricing. And oh, yeah. And I was doing family portraits. Now, I had no idea what my expenses were or what they were going to be. Um, bookkeeping was far from my mind. And I just remember telling a family, you know, oh, you can hire me for 25 bucks an hour. <laughs> and oh, you wow. get, I know. And you get all <sighs> kinds of, I mean, this is Michigan and it was during the recession, but still I look um, back on that and just cringe. And it's like, I remember their immediately immediate reply was, okay, let's do four hours. Well, that was the hardest four hours of my life. Sure. Um, going from location to location. And I put in all this work. And I remember as I delivered the final product to them, these beautiful photos all I had was a hundred bucks for it. Yeah. Now that didn't, that didn't cover even a portion <laughs> of my time. And I think if I had any idea of what goes into making a business profitable, well, I know that my pricing would have been higher if I'd had the knowledge and the confidence as well. And so I totally see how us tracking our numbers and our transactions and staying on top of our bookkeeping that absolutely uh, influences how profitable our businesses can be. And one of the things I, you mentioned quarterly as far as a rhythm. Mm -hmm. the, the thing about quarterly is 
photographers tend to be so seasonal. And so comparing January to August is going to make you really freak out probably, totally right? Yeah. yeah. So you want to compare first quarter this year to first quarter last year. And again, a lot of softwares make this easy. But you want to see – you don't even want to compare necessarily January this year to January last year because there will be some timing issues, right? You had a big wedding February 2nd this year. Mm. And so, you know, your January numbers look really off. But if you look at it at a quarterly basis, and that to me is where you really start – thinking like a business. You can say, what's my three-year trend of first quarter? Man, I'm going up 10 or 15% every year. I feel really good about that. Or I'm flat and I don't feel good about that. I need to do something different. Mm -hmm. And what you mentioned too is so much of this that we're talking about is confidence. Yes. It's not even numbers. It's the confidence. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's so many of us, photography, as much as I love the industry, I mean, let's face it, there are photographers looking around every corner. There are a million images on social media every day. And I think Uh a lot of times it's easy to look at someone who says they're a photographer and underestimate them. And then on the flip side, a lot of photographers find it difficult to have the confidence to charge what they need to charge to run a profitable business Uh um, because we lack the knowledge or, you know, we're just so creatively minded um, we just find this, or we're also artists too, and we're so close and personal with our work. And I've noticed a lot sure. of creatives, we struggle to really grasp what we should charge or to really feel okay um, with being confident in our work. Or a lot of us, it just takes, it takes time. Like for me, it took years. Mm-hmm. And so you mentioned earlier that there are some easy things we can do to stay on top of our accounting. Um could you share some of those with us that we can start implementing into our businesses? Definitely. The The biggest one by far is also one of the easiest and it's free. And it is setting up a separate bank account for your business. And ditto for that with the credit cards, right? Don't use your personal credit card for business expenses. Don't use your business bank account for personal expenses, any of that. If you can just segregate those out and and have a different colored credit card for your business than for your personal and always use it for business and always use the personal one for personal, that one thing, that one shift makes it so much easier for your record keeping. It'll make it so you don't miss deductions. It'll make it so you don't take personal expenses as deductions. Because if you think about these people who are intermingling at all, how the heck can you go back and say, especially if you're audited by the IRS, and say which Starbucks purchases were with a client and which ones were with a friend? You never could, right? But if you segregate those things out, it helps with the record keeping, helps with your taxes, saves you a bunch of time and headache in the end of the year. But the other thing it does and I would say maybe the more important thing it does is what you just alluded to, separating your business from your art. And you have to be able to do that. Every business does, not just artists. But for you guys especially, separating out the personal connection and the art that you're doing and putting on a different hat and coming over here and working on your business in that sense, mm-hmm. it's going to help you have the confidence. It's going to help you have the sense of what you should be doing to make your business profitable, which then feeds into your personal life, which then if your personal life is less stressed because you can pay your rent easily, think about how that's going to impact your art. It's not going to make it worse. You know what I mean? It'll make it so much better, actually. (laughs) It absolutely does. And so all of this stems from, so what I would say is, man, separating out your business from your personal stuff on your bank accounts and get a separate credit card for your business and use it faithfully segregated not only is it going to make your bookkeeping easier, but it's going to have all these other great impacts. It starts you on this path toward where a lot of veteran photographers get, but it takes a long time. Your business is separate from your art and you're charging appropriately and you're doing well. Absolutely. And I remember the first time when I finally set up a, well, not finally, but when I had set up a um, separate bank account for my business years and years Mm -hmm. ago, and it was just so much easier to log in there and go through the expenses and what's what's coming in and out. I mean, you're able to log mm-hmm. into that account and you know that nothing in there is personal or at least it shouldn't be. You shouldn't yeah. be using, you know, your business credit card for personal stuff. Yeah. And so not having to wade through a million different transactions to figure out mm-hmm. which one belongs to personal, which one belongs to business. I mean, it makes it so much easier um, for me for plugging into my spreadsheet or also for someone who maybe has a 
you know, someone handling the bookkeeping for them, it makes it so much easier for that bookkeeper to just log in to that area and just see business stuff. Yeah. So we do as part of our deal is if we do your bookkeeping as a photographer, we have you kind of sign a pledge that actually says we will not intermingle personal business stuff. Nice. And so we can just take it. If it's Starbucks and it's on the business card, we know it's a business Starbucks expense. Very cool. Very cool. And are, is there anything else um, as far as easy things, basic things that we should be doing? One of the things that then stems from this is when you have those separate accounts, it's so much easier to see what you're spending on your business like you alluded to. Mm-hmm. And one of the things to look for is we have a lot of the software as a service kind of kind of options now where it's a right. small monthly expense. But those things can really add up. Like I know I'm actually still I'm, – I'm paying for Pandora and Spotify, which is really silly, right? <laughs> and And – so I, I'm going to cancel my $5 a month or whatever it is, Pandora subscription. Right. But those little things definitely can add up and they can kind of eat into your profit of your business. If you say, look, do I really need that license anymore? Maybe I'm not even using that software anymore because I'm using this instead. But did you bother canceling it? And so if you can make it easy for you to see that by segregating it, look through those transactions every once in a while and, and get a feel for what you're spending money on and what doesn't add value. You know, that's such a great tip. And I laugh because I'm thinking of myself and uh, I'm really guilty of what you just said. Not necessarily Pandora and Spotify, but for me, you know, my downfall tends to be like online, cool software stuff like ebook creators. And like there's and then I'll sign up for two or three and there's overlap and there's no need for that. But I have no idea or I do now. But when I was much worse like I said I have room for improvement but when I was not keeping track of this stuff at all you know I had no idea how much overlap there was and you're right it absolutely does add up I mean five dollars a month to someone may not seem like a lot but when you've got a bunch of overlap and a bunch of different categories it can be shocking I remember going through all of this for the first time and I was literally and physically I was angry at myself (laughs) Because in my mind, I pictured myself just driving down the road and throwing money out of my car open window. I mean, that's that's the equivalent. And when you think about the money that you waste, that can be put towards for photographers, you know, a piece of glass, a nice piece of glass, a new lens or Mm -hmm. a new camera body or lighting equipment, which directly feeds into the quality of your work. So listeners, I highly encourage you to go through your what you're spending, especially on these monthly services or quarter or even yearly, just go through that stuff because you will probably be shocked um, at what you're finding um, that you're paying for that you don't need to be paying for. Yeah, absolutely. And as far as what you should do right now, like if you don't have the segregated accounts, Mm -hmm. go set them up right now. Mm. And and a little nuance on this. When I say a separate business bank account, most banks offer personal checking accounts and business checking accounts. And it doesn't really matter which one you have. Now, if if you're an S corporation, which we can talk about that separate, you'll have to have a business one. But if you're what's called a sole proprietorship, Right. You can have either one. And so if they charge you for the business one and the personal one's free, I might just go with the personal one for now oh, and, this is, and go down the road. You this know? is interesting. This is something yeah. I didn't know. I have personal and business yeah. as far as my accounts go. But what you're saying is that if you're a sole proprietor, you can go into a bank and say, I want two accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can technically both be what the bank would call a personal account, but you only use one for your personal stuff and one for your business stuff. Exactly. Yep. And segregating, it's the point there for sole proprietorships. But the other thing I'd say is like a, a takeaway, it'd be ideal for you to once a month or once a quarter, look through your expenses. So you don't end up paying for these duplicate things the whole year, mm-hmm. but you know what, do it today. Like go in, if you've already segregated them and you've never really gone back and looked at it, 15 minutes, go through today and just see for the month of April, what did you spend or whatever the last month is and what did you spend? Just look through one month because the recurring ones will be all on there Yes. and see, and then go and cancel a few of them perhaps and move down the road. And yeah, hundreds of dollars a year isn't a huge amount, but may as well not burn it. Right. Right. It's like free money. Yeah. So for those photographers who have never set up a business account, um, specifically a business account as a bank, is there anything special that we need to do? to set that up so if you're setting this up as a 
sole proprietorship. And, and maybe we should pause and, and talk about what business entity types mean. Yeah, that's a great right? idea. Yep. So most photographers, when you start out, you're what's called a sole proprietorship. And, and that's the IRS's official term for this. And what it'll look like is you won't have to file a separate tax return for your business. You'll file just your personal return. Your personal return is called a 1040. And there'll just be one extra, like one page schedule on there. It's called a Schedule C. That's where you'll report all your business income and expenses and all that kind of stuff. If that's what you're doing, you're what's called a sole proprietorship. Now, the other thing that gets kind of entangled with this is LLCs. Mm -hmm. You can be an LLC and be a sole proprietorship. Yes. Or you can be an LLC and be a partnership or a C corporation, which I've never seen a photographer as a C corporation. That's probably not going to happen very much, but or an S corporation, which S corporations, and I know I just threw a ton of terms out there. To, to me, the thing you need to know is, look, if you're starting out, get your LLC because it's cheap and it's easy and it gives you some liability protection. I'm not a lawyer, but every lawyer I've ever talked to has agreed with that. And then once you become really profitable and you're making like 40 or 50,000 a year profit, not like total sales, but profit. Mm -hmm time to talk about becoming an S corporation. I have one photographer that we're saving $8,000 a year in taxes, like 8,000 more in his pocket oh because he's an S corporation. But you have to get to a certain size for those savings to make sense. But if we're talking about sole proprietorships to kind of circle back from the rabbit trail I just took us on, sole proprietorships, if you go into a bank, you don't even have to tell them the account is for your business. Just tell them, look, I want two of those free checking accounts that you're advertising. I want two of them. Hmm. You know, one's your personal one. You're just going to use for your business. Nothing wrong with that. No, no issues with that at all. Because if you start saying, well, look, one's for my personal and one's for my business, they might say, oh, well, you need our $25 a month business account, right? Mm -hmm. and, and steer you more that way as an upsell. And you don't really get necessarily a lot of benefits from that if you're in the small stages again. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And as you're talking, I'm looking back at how I've done things for my business. <laughs> I mean, I'm an LLC. I started off as just Good. a basic sole proprietor DBA converted to an LLC. But I remember as I went through that process, you're right. It was a little bit fuzzy as in terms of the different kinds of LLCs out there where you can still be a sole proprietor or a partner or one of the other things yeah. you mentioned and it's like <laughs> which one so I just chose the most basic but I did want that protection because you never yes. know what's gonna happen and I've heard people say well you're just taking photos it's not like anyone's life is in danger all kinds of stuff happens uh -huh. and like I was watching Judge Judy the other day and I mean it, a photographer was definitely being a wonderfully talented photographer was being sued by um or no, the photographer was actually suing a couple other people. But I mean, you never know what legal stuff you may come into. Yes. And or there have been people who have been hurt during um, photo shoots, you know, or just sure. we're in a very litigious society where you need to protect yourself. And a very basic form of having an LLC is, is a great way to to begin that process of protection. Absolutely. Cool. So, OK. So as far as just to kind of recap on the easy things we can do today to get on top of this. Um, so we can set up a separate bank account for our business. Doesn't necessarily have to be an official business bank account, but like two separate accounts. Um, we can go through our expenses today. You mentioned spending 15 minutes, just go through mm -hmm. our expenses for the month and really catching any of those, especially recurring expenses that happen every month catching those and making sure that we're not paying for those unnecessarily. And we also touched on the different um, types of business structures that we can have, sole proprietorship versus an LLC. Now, what was the one that you said when we're making 40K plus <laughs> in profit? <laughs> I told you, this is, I'm learning here with the, with the listeners. Well, and, and let's walk through them. Sole proprietorship, the advantage is it's easy it's low administrative costs. You don't have to do a separate tax return, which costs more money. Mm -hmm. It's where you want to start, sole proprietorship. A partnership is just two people who are a lot like a sole proprietorship, but you got two owners instead of one. Yep. Right. So you see that sometimes with uh, photographers where they have a partner. Right. And so partnership is often what they do. Mm -hmm. C corporations, you guys can not even worry about. Coca-Cola is a C corporation <laughs> to give you an idea. Right? You don't have to be massive, but like, C corporations, not something you need to worry about. 
an S corporation is something that you should have in the back of your mind. And as you become more successful, an S corporation, again, that's the thing that can save you thousands of taxes dollars every year. An S corporation, my rule of thumb for photographers is you start getting 30 or 40, 50,000 dollars, somewhere in that range of profit, it's time to talk to your CPA about becoming an S corporation. Nice. Nice. Okay. As I take notes here. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing I would say. And with, with the S corporation and how it works in really, really um, straightforward terms is this. As a sole proprietorship, which again, most photographers are, most start out as, as they should, every dollar that you make is subject to income tax. Mm-hmm from the federal, you know, IRS income tax, possibly state income tax, unless you live in one of the states with no income tax, but then also self-employment tax, right? Yes. And, and you know what I'm talking about, right? Because yes. you probably remember the horrible shock when you start, <laughs> right? It is for people. When you start your business, you say, well, what That's on earth is this? Great way to put it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yep. so to give you an idea, if you may, if you're a photographer and you made $3,000 of profit, $3,000 of profit is really a tiny amount of profit. We're talking you're probably part-time and you know, no big deal, right? right. Because you're not going to owe much in tax. Well, in Missouri, we've got 6% state tax. Say you're in the 10 or 15% federal tax bracket, but then you also have a 15% self-employment tax. You're paying $1,000 in taxes on $3,000 of profit. Mm-hmm. And if you aren't careful, you can get caught flat-footed, and you usually get a, a thousand or two refund, and now all of a sudden you owe four grand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, yep. I, I, we've had people who had to go get loans. I talked to a photographer oh. um, a few weeks ago. She had to go get a loan because it was she was completely unprepared for it because her preparer only prepared her taxes and didn't talk to her about estimates or any of that kind of stuff. Oh my goodness! And so it was an awful thing, um, but. That 15% is the self-employment tax. Now, the thing is, everyone pays that. But mm-hmm. if you work for somebody, it's just kind of disguised. It's just automatically withheld. You pay half of it withheld from your paycheck automatically, and your employer pays the other half. Okay. So you don't see it, but everyone's basically paying this in the total 15%. But if you're self-employed, you're both the employee and the employer. You get to pay both halves. That's mm-hmm. 15%. And it's from dollar one of your profit. So the thing that an S corporation allows you to do is you get to wear two hats. And again, this is you, you hear a theme here of separating the work you do as a photographer, taking photos and processing and all that from running a business. And if you have your photographer hat on, you have to pay yourself a salary and you'll get a W-2. You'll be an employee of the corporation. And reasonable compensation for photographers is a really important discussion we'll come back to. But let's say you had $100,000 profit to make the math easy. And let's say, again, I'm not saying this is the case, right? But let's just say one photographer, his reasonable compensation was $40,000. Okay. In this scenario, if a person was a sole proprietorship, they would pay 15% tax on the entire $100,000 of profit. So they pay $15,000 in self-employment tax plus income tax on top of that. But if that person were an S corporation, on the first $40,000, they would pay those employment taxes. But on the next $60,000 of profit, they would not pay employment taxes. Oh, that's huge. So they would save you know, 15% of $60,000 is $9,000. Wow. So, but you can only be an S corporation if you have a good break between your personal and your business and have the separate accounts. Mm-hmm. And if you, you can only make sense to be an S corporation if you've taken that step and you have the courage to charge the right amount and you're making enough profit. And then you want to look at being an S corporation. And, and by the way, where I, the, I think you alluded to the story of my photographer who was paying too much in taxes. He was an S corporation. I helped him set that up. I then left the firm and I, I worked for a company as their chief financial officer for a few years. And he went to a different CPA. Again, this is a CPA, like a reputable CPA who knew what she was doing, mm-hmm. but didn't specialize in photographers. And she told him without doing any calculations or any comparisons or anything, I think your reasonable compensation should be X. Wow. And it was just, you know, a random number she basically pulled out of the air. Mm-hmm. 
And really his reasonable compensation when we did the calculations and we helped walk through this was about $20,000 lower. So that saves him $3,000 in tax every single year. You know, no one did anything wrong per se. They just didn't specialize. Just to kind of back things up a tiny bit. So how do we find a CPA that knows what they're doing as far as photography businesses go? I mean... It sounds like you are a rare breed yourself. You know, I, when I started this, I figured there had to be a few CPAs who specialize in photographers. And if there are, I have not found any. You find ones who, who work, broadly speaking, with creatives, right? And that can be a good thing. But I would say this, it's not at all inappropriate. Like if I'm looking for a wedding photographer, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, look, I want to see three different weddings you shot, right? Mm-hmm. And if you say, well, look, here's a baby shoot I did, and here's a senior, and you know, here's a family shoot, I'm gonna say, wait, wait, wait where's your weddings? Right? I'm, I'm wanting to hire you for a wedding. Right. Show me your wedding shoots. And if they say, well, yeah, you're gonna be kind of my first, that doesn't necessarily feel so good as a customer side, right? No. And again, everyone has to start somewhere and all that, and that's fine. But it's something that is completely appropriate when you're talking to a CPA to say, hey, can you give me quotes or references that I can call of three photographers who you work with who are happy with your services? Okay. And if they can't, then they might just have like one or two photographers and is that really who you want to work with? Because they probably don't know your industry very well. Well, I like that. So we should not be afraid to ask questions and uh, kind of vet who we decide to work with as far as our CPA goes. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. You know, this is what I like about this conversation. I feel like we're changing the industry as we speak because you mentioned earlier that we have to have the courage to charge the right amount for our services. And I think that what we're talking about today will help photographers realize that they shouldn't be doing stuff for free or for almost free Uh and that we need to charge the right amount in order to be profitable and know what we're doing as far as running our numbers and our business. I keep using the word numbers, like the most non-technical. <laughs> no, it's good. Good I word. I went to art school. I'm sorry. That's just, but you know, it, it helps us take our businesses more, more seriously. And the more serious that we take our businesses, that confidence carries over to when we're interacting with clients or when someone asks us for a quote or say they're looking for a certain type of photography service coming in and taking our business as serious as the next business down the street. I mean, that helps the entire industry be taken more seriously, which is so important. And I think this idea of courage also comes to it's someone like me might feel really hesitant asking a photographer a lot of questions, right? Cause it, it feels foreign and I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. the artistic realm or if I were having custom painting done, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to get that response where I've offended somebody mm-hmm. and if you're talking to financial professionals, and, and I'd say not just CPAs, but investment advisors or anyone else you're talking to, don't not have that courage. Don't step back from that courage and say, oh, well, I don't want to step on their toes. I don't want to offend them. I don't want to ask them questions. No, you have every right to. You have every responsibility to for your business. Continue to act with courage in that context mm-hmm. and ask those questions, even though you might get a response back that's like, well, you shouldn't ask me that. I'd say move down the road probably in that case. You know what I mean? With them anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and so the, this idea of courage to me, just it's so key. And so I love podcasts like yours because a lot of what you're talking about is how photographers can view themselves and need to view themselves. So interesting. Okay, so. Hey, can I jump in? I'm, I'm so sorry. But no, one other thing good. on this that I think will be helpful when we're talking about having courage in this realm. I have two different clients who came to me who are not photographers. They're in different industries. And each one was about $2.5 million a year in sales. Mm. One had about two dozen employees. The other had maybe 15 or so. And they came to me and they said, and they didn't know each other. It just, just so happened, right? But fairly recently. And they said, we have no books. I said, what do you mean you have no books? They said, well, we look at our bank account and we decide if we have enough money to do stuff or not. We don't have a spreadsheet where we keep track of things. We certainly don't use QuickBooks or anything like that. We don't have a bookkeeper. We don't have any books. Mm. And they grew to two and a half million and they're successful companies in a lot of ways. They're a lot more successful now that they have their books and, and they're being done correctly and they're they've been with us. Actually, it's been about a year for each one of them now. But 
it don't feel like as photographers, like, oh man, I don't have it together and everyone else does in business. No one has their stuff together. It's true. It's true. And thank you for That's pointing true. that out. We all have room for improvement. My mind is racing right now on things that I need to uh, improve upon for my business. <laughs> and it, it is a journey. I mean, that's why this podcast is called The Pro Photographer Journey, because it's a journey that never mm -hmm. stops. And it is a journey of growth. And that includes how we handle our numbers in our business as well. So I feel like we've touched on a good handful of mistakes that photographers have made. Um, you even mentioned the photographer that had to take out a loan for example um so are there any other i guess most common mistakes that that you see photographers make and if so how do we overcome that you know one thing that we we see is uh, we had a photographer who tried to do everything right you know maybe heard a podcast like this and said you know i'm going to do this the right way mm -hmm. i'm going to and she went out and got quickbooks which is our preferred software that we work with wonderful software quickbooks online and uh, she even looked over her books once a quarter, and lo and behold, the prior tax preparer, and this is something people don't necessarily understand. A lot of times if you're hiring a tax preparer, like if we're working with a real photographer, a professional photographer, there's consulting that's kind of part of that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you shouldn't wear that shirt. No, we should go over here. The lighting's better. We're, you're not just hiring someone to like snap snapshots of you, right? Right. Yes. But tax preparers often are, okay, you give me the numbers, I unquestionably take them and put them in the right lines on the tax return and then spit out the results, right, using the software. And and people don't necessarily understand that that's what's going on. And if that's what's going on, like for this this client who's now our client, she tried to do it the right way. She went in, she used QuickBooks Online, but she didn't invest in educating herself. Again, it's like a language, right? So she tried to like order off the menu that was completely in French without learning any French or looking up stuff. But mm -hmm. she tried really hard. She ended up paying about $15,000 too much in taxes oh. because she overreported her income by $50,000 because the software makes it kind of easy to do that. She doubled up on all of her income. She'd make a deposit, but she'd also record the deposit somewhere else. Okay. And it just overstated her income. So there, there are minefields. So I would encourage people like bookkeeping is not beyond your grasp. If it's something you want to do, now don't go take a college class. That'll just make you angry and feel like you wasted your time. But if you go with something like QuickBooks Online is a wonderful resource in part because there's a great community where you can learn, you can ask questions, just know you will make some mistakes, but you have to really be committed to learning it if you want to do it yourself and not have a big mistake like that. Yeah, that mistake physically caused me pain. No, oh, it's so bad. Business. Oh, my goodness. And here, yeah, I should say, the, the good thing is she got it all back. Okay. And we said, look, we can amend your prior year return for you, but I'd go back to the other preparer and ask them to do it for free because they kind of screwed this thing up. And she did, and they did, and she switched to us now, and she's going to get her 15000 back. So but yeah, cool. it's physically painful. It really is. <laughs> it's, it's a horrible thing. So, and because the thing you think is, what if it had never been caught? Right. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that money can go a long way as far yeah. as photography equipment yeah. or investing and she, in marketing. Or... And she didn't think there was anything wrong. She just switched us because she wanted us to do our, our bookkeeping thing. And in the process, we, we always go back and look at some of their prior stuff and we're like, hey, this looks really wrong. Let's talk through it. And that's when we discovered it. So she wasn't even thinking there was something wrong. Oh. So that's not a warning to say, like, don't do it yourself. But don't do it yourself thinking you'll just pick it up and buy the software and you're done. Right. You couldn't do that with Photoshop. No You can't way. do it with bookkeeping, you know? <laughs> oh, that's a great that's a great comparison. Oh, my goodness. So are there any other interesting stories, um, <laughs> client stories or examples? Don't mention any names or business yeah, yeah. names or anything, but to just kind of help illustrate the points you're making today. Oh, gosh. Let's see. <laughs> Yeah, and I definitely can't can't talk who on this one, but there there's something there's a really weird archaic phrase called piercing the corporate veil. Okay. And like I didn't make this up. It's so weird. Piercing the corporate veil. Back to what we're talking about with entangling is if you use your personal account for business stuff and if you have a business account set up but use it all the time for personal stuff, mm -hmm. then that LLC that we talked about that gives you legal protection goes away. 
So what happens is you get sued. And the other way I can think of from a lawsuit perspective is you shot my wedding and it was a one-time event and I hate the photos. You know what I mean? Or you missed this key photo or something. And think of the bridezilla who is going to sue you now for like emotional damages and stuff. And an LLC is not foolproof. Like it's just one more layer of protection. But if they come in and they say, well, look, they're intertangling all of their stuff personal and business, mm-hmm. all that protection just instantly goes away. It's like a wet paper towel, like it's just gone. Wow. And that's a really rough situation to find yourself in. So uh, yet another reason you want the separate accounts and you want to be diligent in keeping them separate. That's huge. That's it's huge. a big deal. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, another, another one I would say is we kind of alluded to it, but especially your first year you can encounter this or your first year that you maybe go full time or you have like you really start getting professional and you fix your pricing. The first year that you do that, you can owe so much more in taxes than you expect. Mm-hmm. And it, so it works like this. We tell people and not just us, this is like the kind of common thing you'll hear is one third of your profit Mm-hmm. So like take your income, subtract out your expenses, there's your profit, one third of that plan of plan and paying in taxes. You know, and by the way, your taxes are not due on April 15th. Your tax return is due April 15th. Mm-hmm. Your taxes are due throughout the year as you earn them. Yeah, and so if you wait, <laughs> well, you, you know, you might say, well, look, I, I paid all the full amount April 15th. Why right. do I have hundreds of dollars in penalties? Why? It was actually due throughout last year, right? So you got to pay those quarterly taxes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, One other thing on that that I will say. So when I say income minus expenses equals your profit, take a third of that and and pay it in, right? And and pay it in in quarterly estimates or some other stuff you should be doing. But it it gives you an idea of how much taxes you should owe. Mm -hmm. That sounds really simple. And in some ways it is. But here's another specific example. Client came to me and said, hey, look – I don't think I need to make a quarterly estimate because I've got like essentially no profit. And you do a quick look at their books. Uh, again, they were using QuickBooks Online, and you say, "Yeah, you, it shows your profit is like thirty bucks. This is this is good." You know, of course, we always and this is part of what we do. We always ask more questions, dig deeper as part of our process. And we looked, and he had like <clears throat> forty thousand dollars of income and various expenses, and he had like I don't know thirty thousand dollars of distributions expense now now i'll try and explain this without getting like like trying to get too technical here but basically if you take money out of your business that's not an expense right and it's 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 called like a draw and but it's the important thing is it's not an expense and so he thought he had zero net income but really that thirty thousand dollar deduction he took the irs is not going to let him deduct that he's going to have $30,000 of profit. He's going to go $10,000 of tax. Ouch. So he went from thinking, Hey, I know I owe no tax to, I owe $10,000 of tax. And fortunately we, you know, we got involved with him and we, we pointed this out to him. We talked him all the way through it now before next year, bad time to find out April 15th. Oh, that'd be terrible. Oh my yeah. goodness. It's, and it happens. And it happens unfortunately fairly often. I would imagine. Wow. This has been awesome. And I think a lot of what we covered um, is mysterious to a lot of photographers, like the scary, mysterious cloud of, I don't know what word I want to put in there, but just (laughs) scariness. And, you know, Andrew, you're making it so apparent that this doesn't have to be scary at all. Not at all. Just simple step-by-step ways that we can improve our businesses. And so... You know, we're coming to the end of the interview, which has just flown by. And I appreciate that you've made this discussion about numbers not painful. This is probably one of the least Thanks. painful discussions I've had <laughs> about numbers. My eyes didn't glaze over once, awesome. which is usually what happens. <laughs> well, thank you. So is there a particular photography resource, a tool, anything, a software that you would recommend to our listeners to help them take that first step? with getting their accounting in order? You know, I'll tell you one thing that, uh, and we talked about in the pre-show a little bit, but we have developed a tool 
And, and again, I don't want you to feel like this is just for photographers. We actually made it for all businesses because all businesses struggle with this. Photographers are not the only ones. But when it comes time to get a loan or to fill out a form or something, you have certain key numbers for your business, maybe an EIN, maybe a sales tax ID, maybe a separate state ID. And a lot of business owners, small business owners, don't know where those numbers are, where to find them if they don't know what they are, any of that kind of stuff. So we put together uh, – Again, no strings. We're not trying to build an email list or anything, but we'd, we'd happily make it available to um, all of your listeners for free. You can take that, and it guides you through, if you don't know your number, where to find it, fill it out, and then you'll have all those numbers together. You will feel better having done this, and it just it feels like one more little step toward being more a real business in your own mind is being organized in this one little thing. It's a one-time thing. You really have to do it just once. That's fantastic. Where can they access this? Well, I tell you, why don't we, and, and you and I can maybe get together on this, but sure. put in the show notes and yeah, we just make sure. a direct link to it. It'd be easy to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is very cool. We'll absolutely do that. We'll include that in the show notes. Photographers, please check it out. And, you know, like Andrew is saying, it, it will change your business, transform <laughs> your business. That's what we're all about here. Perfect. The other thing I'd say is, so if you like me and you feel like, man, that guy doesn't sound like such a stuffy numbers guy, <laughs> you will really like Emma because I'm sort of an accountant who, who gets a creative. She's more of a creative who gets the accounting and she's super fun. And so we have now as a place to start just a dialogue with us is on our website, free 15 minute phone call. And it's with Emma, not with me, who, again, you'll probably like even more. But just to figure out for specifically you what you might need, what that looks like. Oh, that's fantastic. You said a free 15-minute call? Yeah, absolutely. That's very generous. Well, thanks. That's so cool. And where can they uh, where, where can they find you online to take action on this? So if you want to go to focusedcpa.com, that's focused like in the past sense, and then cpa.com, um, we have it there. It's pretty prominent, but like um, it, it takes you right to our booking link, and you can book that 15-minute call with Emma for free. Fantastic. And thank you. Thank you for cool. being willing to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And are there any other places that we should know about to find you online? Find us on Instagram. We're looking for more cool people to connect with. And of course, we're on Facebook as well. And we try and post content. We're actually, I, I just recorded a, a little video today that we'll post in a, a few weeks about credit scores and how photographers should think about their credit score. So we try and have some good content that we post on those places. Very cool. Very cool. And, you know, Andrew, I just want to thank you again for being so down to earth and, and breaking down these technical terms in ways that, that we can understand. This has been a very cool and interesting interview. Very fascinating. Thank you again for being willing to be on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. If you're enjoying this podcast, I ask that you please leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening. The more reviews we get, the easier it is for people to find this podcast and search rankings. We want to reach as many people as possible and help improve our photo industry. I appreciate you all. Thanks for listening.